You are listening to How to Bake a Book. Some episodes may contain content not suitable for some listeners. Please see descriptions for specific content warnings. Listener discretion is advised. in progress ladies yes she's she's got a very terse tone and that takes something to get used to uh hi everybody i'm cole i'm mary and this is how to bake a book where we're uh doing one of our lovely mini sods today and we've got a special guest with us uh we've got author Kristen burchell uh she's the author of the upcoming novel or i guess it's coming out today, so you can go and get your hands on it. When we're when this is releasing, it will be available. You can grab it. You can get it, I believe, digitally and in bookstores. You can order it through pretty much anywhere. Um, the book is called Court of Venom, and it's coming out April 5th, 2022. For anybody who's listening to this way in the future, it will also still be available. So, uh, Kristen, hello. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, we're so happy to have you here. I mean, honestly, we're big book nerds anyway, and seeing your book has gotten us both so excited. I mean, the cover alone is enough. Oh, I know you're not, cover. <laughs> you're not supposed to judge it by the cover, but holy cow, I just, I'm in love. I'm in love. That's how I find like really fun books most of the time is I is I'm like oh that cover looks fun or like mm-hmm. oh that's really colorful or I like the art on it so yeah. I I I don't know about Kristen but I I definitely judge books by their covers. <laughs> <laughs> Were you excited to to have that cover brought to you or oh, I mean the book in general? Oh, I had I was presented with um at one point in the process presented with three different covers and and I was asked to rank which ones I liked the most. And it was just about impossible. I was like, it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. Well, they're so beautiful. So I, you know, this one. I never thought about how difficult that would be. Yeah. Like getting to choose between different, different covers like yeah. that, that, oh, for anybody who hasn't published before, I'm sure that that's something that they're very interested in as oh, well. So that was an exciting moment for sure. I'm and sure. So on the cover. <laughs> so are you um, very excited to have your book out today? I'm sure you are. Oh, I'm so excited. So, so excited. So nervous. Oh, very good. A lot of things. All okay. Things. Well, if you guys are okay with it, I'd love to just like start diving into some questions. Um, first, first of all, tell us about your book. What inspired you to write Badria's story? Oh, just for our listeners, we're usually a very spoiler heavy uh, podcast, but because the book comes out today, we don't want to give you too much because you probably haven't had a chance to actually read it yet and read along with us. So um, we may be going into a deeper dive in the future, or we'd love to talk to you guys on our social media about it or um, through email. So just to return, sorry, 
Uh, what inspired you to write Badria's story? Is it different from something, anything else you've written in the past? Oh, well, she, so this particular novel is um, a lot like what I've written in the past, but then it, a lot of it is different as well. Um, like all of my novels, this is, this one went through a lot of different versions and a lot of different revisions. And I, my writing partners read it, I don't know how many times and it, and it morphed and changed over time. Um, at the, when I first started to write it during the first part um, the first stage, I was really inspired by, um, by in history, the use of cosmetics over time and how people would use cosmetics to feel more beautiful. But at the same time, there's, they might have slowly been poisoning themselves as well. But, but still people knowing that were willing to take that risk. Yeah. And I, wanted, I wanted to explore that more and um, find out like what would make that worth the risk and at the same time as reading about different ways that people could poison each other at that time for whatever reason and all the secret ways that that kind of stuff happened and all of that came together to Badria she's um she is the assassin who um finds ways to make people more beautiful but also knowing full well that she's poisoning them and she might be trying to warn her victims in some ways but you know not everybody heeds her warning yeah i mean her first your our first interaction with her is includes her poisoning somebody yeah. as a warning um that you know i could have killed you somebody else wanted me to kill you so i think that's it's really fascinating how she plays that role and also how you know you combine those two things of the dangerous cosmetic and intentional poisoning that is I think that was absolutely wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she was really, she, I, I, you know, she was really kind of up against a wall and, and kind of forced into this. And I wanted to, I wanted her to find her way out. And I just kind of followed her lead during all the different versions to see what she was going to do. That's fantastic. So uh, I love Badria just because I just, I really love like a, like a strong kind of independent female character uh do you and she's such a standout character especially from just the the books that I've been reading late, like lately she's just very unique and so I was wondering do you have any similarities to her or was she inspired by somebody in particular well she she is a compilation of a lot of my own characteristics and a lot of people I know and even the people I already mentioned um, in history, the people mm -hmm. who did use the cosmetics and did do some of this poisoning and for better or for worse. And, um, you know, I can really relate to the way that at times she doesn't feel very powerful at all, even though she's perceived as, as being powerful. Yeah. Um, and then at times to her, it seems like that, nothing she's doing is working out, that everything is failing. When, of course, if you take the long view, um, everything is just falling into place and it's one more step toward doing what she really needs to do for her, for others and for herself. So I'm hoping that people can, re can relate to those things. And then, of course, she's someone with regrets and she looks to, to signs and omens to, to try to help her figure out what to do next. She's kind of haunted by her past but she also tries to see healing and poison. She tries to find the positive and the negative. And she's willing to take a gamble and take a risk to get to where she needs to be. Yeah, That's fantastic. I, I completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. <laughs> I like what you said about her her being, being independent, but she still does 
operate in such a narrow capacity because she has so much like external pressure on her yeah. because of her position in society. So she's got to like, she's got to maneuver so specifically. And I think that that was done really, really well of like both establishing that she has, she's strong headed. She wants to do what she wants to do, but also she has all of these constraints because of who she is. So I think that's, that's absolutely wonderful. And it's written Kristen beautifully. Like really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a nice thing. I mean, just to kind of telescope out a little bit, I'd love to talk about Iran. I we read a lot of fantasy novels. We read a lot of science Me in fiction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mary is like she can gobble up a fantasy book in like a sitting, and yeah. <laughs> I envy that superpower that she's got. <laughs> um, but she's uh, she Badria or Badria. I I call her Badria. Badria. Okay, okay. sorry. Okay. Um, her name was always Timmy. Badria. Okay. So Badria is like, she lives in Iran, which is very different from a lot of the traditional fantasy settings that we see. Mm -hmm. It's usually, you see, you know, Western European style sort of Tolkien-esque. There's sheep. There's like (laughs) rolling moors and forests and stuff. There's always a sheep. Like I just imagine a sheep Mm -hmm. in the background, even if it's not actually there. Um, But Iran I, am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Iran is is such a compelling setting for a fantasy story, especially. Um, mm-hmm. So it I really agree. stands out compared to the things that we've read on the show so far. Um, is Can you talk a little bit about the city itself? The city-state, I guess? Kind of as a city-state? Yeah, state? it is kind of like a city-state. It's, it's kind yeah. of its own little domain. It's an oasis mm-hmm. out in the middle of the desert. And yeah. yeah yeah going back to your other question you were you were had asked like is this like is this story like other stories you've written and the main thing that sets this one apart from my other writing is the setting and yeah i wanted to really set it um kind of i mean honestly kind of like las vegas-esque a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah that's really like it's this it's decadent um it's crazy but at the same time there's this sort of underlying whole stream and thread yeah I I grew up in Reno and oh you so, did okay. yeah so it's like and Reno is just like a mini Vegas and oh, right. so so I definitely got that vibe so. oh you did okay yeah <laughs> for for everybody listening though there is this extra element to mm. Iran that the lost is outside of it, which I'm not sure if Reno has, but uh, I, no, 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 <laughs> no are you sure? <laughs> Things could have changed since I've been there, but you yeah, know. I, I just felt, I, I felt like I really wanted to indulge in Iran. Like I just wanted yeah. to stay there and like, I don't know, visit for a little while, see the food scene. The like, food scene seems amazing over there. You, can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about like the kinds of cuisine you yeah like what inspired imagine? you oh gosh well just you know first of all since it is this um really it can be this on one on one side this really decadent place then of course like all of the different senses so you've got spice and the meat and the bread and the butter and you've got the citrus the sweet citrus and then of course you have the rich chocolate desserts and the rich coffee and that's what the people who come from the outside are going to eat but the people who live there are going to be a lot more cautious because Mm -hmm. they know that um, foods prepared a certain way can present certain dangers and they've got to be kind of on the lookout for that and the people who live there full-time know that that could come up 
Yeah, that did happen to a few of the characters. They kind of fell victim to what was going on, (laughs) but no spoilers. So (laughs) yeah, without, without the spoiling anything, we've done very, Mm -hmm. very few books that actually deal with poison. Um, And the fact that we are a food slash book podcast I think that that's kind of the dark side of food is that it can kill you if it's done in a right way you know like sometimes you you hear about death by chocolate but then there's you know the actual possibility there's the actual possibility or even just the way that certain foods are prepared so Mm -hmm. in my novel that you know obviously it's fiction but I do think that like I do think there is something to the fact that if food is prepared a certain way, like if it's cut one way, it can cause one effect. Like in my novel, um, roots that were cut a certain way cause nightmares, but then yes. a different way correctly uh, were, caused sweet dreams instead. Or I love that. Um, the mood of Vedria, she's preparing something. She was feeling in a bitter mood. And so the, whoever was going to eat that food was then going to, was going to be melancholy after that. And so, yeah, that would, that's the, the, the atmosphere in Iran. And I love that. Yeah. I, I, I like that kind of extra sort of magical sort of fantasy kick to it all. You know, um, it reminds me of the actual real life fugu fish. That yeah. If you, okay. I was trying if to you think don't prepare the it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't prepare it properly, you'll get poisoned, but in some cases that might be the intention. So. Right. Yes. Right, depends. Mm-hmm. And uh, earlier you spoke of that you had a writing partner. And so I was actually curious what your uh, writing process is like. Well, like I mentioned, um, I do <laughs> tend to write um, the same version of a story a whole bunch of times and um, I'll write on it a little bit and then it gets put away and I'll work on other projects and then I'll get inspired by um, by travel or by talking to someone or something I read and I'll be like, oh, that's perfect. And I'll get the novel back out and add to it and tweak it. Um, so I'm a pantser, meaning um, I just like to write what the, write about the characters, write about the setting and see where they go. But I oh, need to become great. more of a plotter. You call that, you call that a pantser? Pantser, because you're writing by the seat of your pants. Oh, my God. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. Okay, because I was like, I, I'm afraid, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, gosh, I think that's like a book term that I'm supposed to know. And like, I get it. <laughs> I've always heard that as discovery writer, but I like pantser uh-huh. way better. Oh, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you, how, how many versions would you say that you wrote of this book then? Oh, and do you, so do you type or you actually, do you actually like write it out? Uh, it depends. So when I'm, when I really need to get a lot of it, when I have a lot of ideas come in and I, and I'm on a time crunch, I'm going to type, but if I'm just sort of exploring characters or exploring something, I'm um, an idea, I'll, I'll longhand in a notebook in a pretty book, you so. know, there's something to that. Oh. And then your writing partner. So do, do they just get like the final draft or do they also get to read like all of these different revisions and stuff that you've done? Oh, they're reading all the different revisions sure. <laughs> and they're reading pieces of it. And they'll talk about like, they, they get to know the characters. Like my one writing partner in particular, who's read this the most has, um, yeah, she's like, I really like what you've done with Padria over the time. Cause she's really changed a lot. Oh, Oh, that's great. I love that. I love that. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have go-to stacks when I'm reading or writing. Um, And of course, this is, we we like to talk about food here. Personally, I eat a lot of Swedish fish, so I don't get things on the book or on my keyboard. Uh, Do you have any like 
go-to snacks or for that matter, drinks that you indulge in when you're reading or writing? And are they different? Yeah. Um, well, my, just for my regular, uh, when I meet up with my writing partner, we always, I always stop and pick up um, just a little thing of brie at the store and we call it the evil brie. I'll walk in and she'll say, oh no, you brought the evil brie and you know, <laughs> eat it anyway. And then her husband makes this amazing homemade bread. So we have that together. Um, mm-hmm. Tea and coffee, of course. But when I need a little nudge, um, I'll bring out the wine and that really helps me to get inspired too and get that little nudge that I need. Um, and I do tend to eat food that matches whatever I'm writing right at the moment. So. Oh, oh, that's fun. Okay, so I have to know, what did you yeah. eat when you were writing Court of Venom? Oh, I, a lot of dark chocolate for this one. <laughs> dark chocolate, mm-hmm. um, oranges, coffee, um, some wine. So stuff yeah. that was, you know, had a little zing to it. And just for my own curiosity, what kind of tea do you do you typically like? Oh, gosh. Um, I typically like soothing tea, like chamomile. Okay. Um, yeah. And sometimes kind of more the fruity ones when I need but more herbal. Also. When you want something a little bit like out of your norm. Right, right. When I need to get yeah. a little bit more inspired. Yeah. And just for my curiosity, how do you take your coffee? Oh, <laughs> black with just a little bit of cream. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> Uh, so most writers are also prolific readers, uh, at least in our experience. <laughs> what are some of your favorite genres? What are your sa- some of your favorite like book titles? Like, has have you re- uh, come across something that like inspired you? Like, what what kind of stuff are you into? Oh, well, lately I've been loving Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Um, yeah, my- we covered her. <laughs> we covered Mexican Gothic. Oh, you did? Oh, a couple months ago, yeah. That's yeah, a it was so book. good. Yeah, the one I liked even better was Gods of Jade and Shadow. Yes. I loved that. Yes. And I'm reading um, Velvet Was the Night right at the moment. Yeah. Which I, mean, I feel like from the other ones. Gods of Jade and Shadow is more it's definitely more our style than yeah. um mexican, mexican gothic, gothic. Yeah. i have the advanced reader copy but i haven't gotten around to reading it so i definitely need to oh yeah i love the mythology in it it's amazing oh but they're very all three of the books are really different from each other that's wonderful. oh good yeah because the only thing i've read from her is mexican gothic but i okay. have the other two on my tbr so that'll be fun yeah yeah yeah, some other books I wanted to mention, um, Robin Lefevre's the His Fair Assassin series, and I think it starts with Brave Mercy, features mm-hmm. assassins, oh, and yeah. I love how she portrays them. Yeah, they, they really kind of help to inspire this story as well. And I love um, Chime by Franny Billingsley, mm-hmm. and um, anything by Alice Hoffman, especially the Practical Magic. Yes. yes. Oh, man. I <laughs> yes. just picked up uh, the um prequel to practical magic so i think it's rules of magic so Is yeah that? i can't remember it's i um, honestly i'd have to like run upstairs yeah <laughs> i can't remember all the different names but um the there was practical magic and then i think the next one followed the ant story yes yeah mm-hmm. and i love that one okay yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely beautiful writing so yeah. are you kind of given to reading fantasy as well i mean you obviously write fantasy quite well so i um, assume you're probably a more fantasy reader I do tend more to to fantasy writing and anything with magic realism and magic Mm. I I love books like that 
Magical realism is in such an incredible genre. I'm hoping that sometime soon we'll be able to cover something oh, in that vein. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so without giving too much, too many spoilers, I, I loved, I love the way that you ended the book and it seems like you were potentially setting it up to have some sequels. Do you plan to Which continue? I am so excited. Um, <laughs> if, if if that's the case that is do you plan to continue to write in this world if so like are you planning to show the reader any more outside of the ash mountains or are you thinking potentially staying in the city um i will probably i i do want to write a sequel um there's several Great. characters mentioned at the end who's um their stories were up in the air and there's several characters that I think I could follow where they go. Oh, thank um, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, I think though it, they're going to stay in the world. I think for now they'll stay in the world of Floramint, but outside of Arando. So we'll okay. Mira, and we probably will visit the Ash Mountains and we probably mm. will explore different places, but it'll probably still be within that world though. Oh, that's exciting. Have, have you started write, writing? This no, because I'm, right now I'm working on um, a ghost story <gasps> oh. that takes place during the French Revolution. So you all hear, heard it here first. We're going to get <laughs> yeah. a we're going to get a ghost story in the French Revolution. I'm here for it. Oh, that combines two of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Please let me know as soon as it happens. Um, that is Oh, that is so exciting. That is so exciting. And then when I finish that, I I am hoping to come back. The next thing I hope to do is come back and finish at least to finish the story or at least continue the story of some of the characters that we left off with. So fun. So fun. If only you had like 18 more hours a day to to write on it, right? (laughs) Not to be too demanding of a reader, but please find one extra day of the week that the rest of us don't get. And write us another book. Sure. I'm sure I can. <laughs> Exciting. I think, I mean, that's all the questions that I have, Mary. No, I think we covered like food and drinks and. Fantastic. And, yeah. Kristen, is there anything you wanted to add that we didn't have a chance to touch on? No, um, I just really appreciate your guys having me on. And I'm super, super excited for people to read the book and, and let yes. me know what they think of it. yeah and then uh for our listeners like please email us and let us know what you think and we can um send your lovely words on to Kristen and um and thank you Kristen for taking the time to do this interview with us this has been yeah yeah is there is there anywhere online that uh readers and listeners can find you oh social um, media or yes I'm on Instagram Okay. And Facebook, and I need to. I'm in the process of getting my um, getting a website set up, so I need to do that. Exciting! <laughs> Fingers crossed that it comes out pretty soon after the book. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> and just to remind our listeners, that book is coming out today, April 5th, as you're listening, or potentially a couple of days ago. You can find it anywhere on uh, online. I assume Amazon in dbound bookshop.org who is our personal favorite of ours not sponsored um but or at your local bookstore it's mm-hmm. uh, national and potentially in some international places um and i think that i heard that it's going to be part of a book box in australia for all of our lovely australian listeners Australia, how excited are you about this? I wish I could there excited. to get a freaking box. <laughs> I, I, the boxes look amazing. I'm so excited to see one. So have yes. you been able to see like the curated box and everything all, uh, already? 
Have I? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen it yet. And oh, then okay. I'm excited to, to, I've seen the other ones and I'm excited yeah. to see what this one looks like, of course. Yeah. Oh, that'll be just, fun. Just to actually name drop it, it's a box called Quotes and Curses and it's, uh, it ships internationally, but it's from Australia. So oh, I'm yes. going to look into that. That sounds fun. Mary, it's exactly up your aisle. Okay. Like, aesthetic I was wise, <laughs> style wise, it's everything. So and what is yeah. that again? quotes and curses but the book itself is a court of venom or just court of venom just court of venom mm-hmm. oh the book the book is called court of venom yeah yes not i keep adding a particle in front of everything oh, i it's, know I it's always too. the or, or a, a or an <laughs> <laughs> yes but thank you so much for joining us Kristen. this was lovely thank you it was lovely it was yes. very nice to meet you Kristen, nice and thank you again you. yes, yes. And thank you listeners for joining us. Uh, Happy reading. Happy eating. Read this one. Let us know what you think. (laughs) Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you.